are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. All right, welcome back for another Strong Towers Podcast. If you've been tracking with us this season... We've been scheduling things kind of a little bit differently. We've been walking through a, a typical week. And, and so as we go through each day of the week, we're just hitting topics that are relevant to a weekday, a weekend, whatever might uh, be going on in, in our family rhythms or in our community rhythms or in our work rhythms during the week. And so this week, uh, what we wanted to hit on is a weekend topic, maybe a date night topic. But we, we've all had the opportunity to travel and outside of the country and, and see the way that different people do life. And one of the things that I think has struck all three of us uh, is the pace of life uh, that we lead in America, typically, especially in comparison with the pace of life in Europe and just the way that they approach family time, community time, uh, meal time. And so we just wanted to dig into that a little bit and talk about our experiences and, and um, just the conversations we've had around our culture and how we can uh, maybe take those nuggets from other folks that, that we've experienced life with uh, and apply them in our own families and, and communities. Yeah, I think that's a, a great topic to kind of continue on as we go on all over the week. You know, as Janelle and I started to implement Sabbath, it was about taking a day of rest and how to do that. And one of the things I remember as I was trying to figure out how we were going to do that was, and I think we've said this on, on one of the episodes before, but it doesn't start the day before, right? It, it starts earlier in the week. You have to prep for it. But one of the things I also realized that it's also so beneficial to have those moments of breaks and those moments of rest during the rest of the week, yep. right? And so like even, even as something as simple as like hey, we're not going to rush through dinner and throw our plates in the sink so that we can watch the family feud afterwards. We're going to slow down and we're going to read a book or we're going to talk and have a conversation after our meal has been something that has been like very like on the forefront of my of my plans as, as far as leading this team. But I think about two years ago when Janelle and I went to to Paris. And I saw families actually doing that on a regular basis, right? We would go into a restaurant and we would pretty much own the table for the rest of the night. Like there was not an expectation to turn and flip a table like they do in American culture and restaurants where it's like, hey, you know, get you get you in and out fed and get the next table in. It was, hey, you're basically expected to be there and, and enjoy that time. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I thought was kind of cheesy initially, uh, it was definitely one of those, you know, uh, Google, what are the top 10 things you're supposed to do in Paris or one of those uh, Instagram pictures, but was the, was that plaid blanket with the French bread and the wine and the cheese and the grapes, everything laid out on a blanket in front of the Eiffel Tower. And I'm like, man, I'm not about to go lay on some grass <laughs> and eat, eat and drink wine. That's just not my thing. It was probably one of our my most favorite days just because of the conversations that Janelle and I had. Just the simple fact of just taking a break and not trying to rush through the next point of interest on the on the book of, you know, travel guide book or whatever. So having that 
experience made me think like, why don't we do that more here, right? Like, why don't we take that advantage of just laying out somewhere and, and, and having friends around and throwing a Frisbee and, and, and drinking some wine? I think that's illegal in some parks. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that is something that I think we should all um, kind of do more on the regular, right? Yeah. It is really disruptive, though. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, as a kid growing up, just, just on the meal topic, I mean, I would just annihilate food. Mm. And, and it wasn't like it was the big family thing where, you know, you got to fight for every morsel or yeah. you go hungry. Like, it was me and my brother. And I was bigger. So, you know, it, <laughs> it, it wasn't so much a question. But, I mean, I for whatever reason, like, food just got consumed quickly. And then, you know, before I started my you know, full-time adult job as a teacher, I did wait tables. And I remember that they train you on how to like kind of encourage people to move the meal along. So you can turn that table over and and get another table and and make more money. And so just kind of having this hardwire approach to things need to go faster around food and then becoming a teacher and having a 17 minute lunch period. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's just, and usually when you're doing that, you're multitasking anyway. Like there. And I remember, and I think I've talked about it before in other episodes, you know, there was about a six-year stretch where my wife and I took students overseas during the summer yeah, yeah. to, you know, different places in Western and Central Europe. And I remember the first time that we had lunch, I forget if it was in England or France, and I was forced to eat on somebody else's schedule. Oh, yeah. And it was slow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there wasn't a, you know, let me just, you know, take this down real quick and then go, go do so. Like there was nothing else to do. Uh The agenda was we're here for an hour and a half. (laughs) And I, I remembered eating at my usual pace and being like, all right, so I have an hour and 22 minutes left. Like what, what do I do now? And then I remember being very critical of like the wait staff, like, man, they're moving so slow. Where's that two minute check back at the table? You know, like, Where's my refill? Oh, wait, no free water. Okay. Uh, but just like how different and disruptive that was. And it really took some time. I mean, it took the majority of that trip for me to even get to a place where I could have a half hour lunch and feel like, man, this is kind of leisurely, but still never at that time got to a place of, you know, slow is good. Just, you're not missing out on anything. You're, you're, you're actually missing out on something when you don't take the opportunity. Yeah. For moments like that. Yeah. That was a hard lesson for me to learn when I was in my 20s. And mm. in my 30s, I think I'm slowly learning that. But there are still times where that 17-minute lunch feels normal. Yeah. And I think that's a hard habit to break, right? Like coming from the military aspect of things is I don't like a plate that's like empty or that's like food just just been – I automatically think I got to pick up my tray and dump it in the, in, in the mm-hmm. sink. That's like – that's military style, right? You're done eating, get up and move. And – uh and so when I think about like still sitting in my seat where I, you know, just had dinner and I'm not really moving forward with life that it's, I'm, I'm almost having a time, time wasted. And that's, that's kind of one of those habits that just needs to be stomped out. Right. I mean, that's just one of those things where it just, yeah, I don't know. Well, but it's also not just, it's not just us internally, right? There's so much in our culture, whether it's the military or mm-hmm. it's the work schedule that you have for the day it, that has uh, almost hardwired those responses into us. A couple of years ago, Liz and I went and visited friends in Germany and, and uh, we took a couple of days to go down to Munich 
on our own. Uh, and we did like a, a day long excursion and got back into the city center. I don't know. It was probably like five o'clock or something like that. And so like, okay, let's figure out dinner. Uh, you know, what are we going to do? I was like, well, we're in Munich. We should definitely sit at a beer garden. And I think it was, it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday and we got to the beer garden. It was pretty full already. And we sat at a, a picnic table, you know, and you walk up and you get your food and you get your Ein Moss of, uh, of beer. And, and we sat at a table and we're just eating dinner. And there was a table right next to us of, of a couple of guys. And, you know, a few of them started the night there and, and a couple more joined probably after they got out of work or whatever. And they just sat there. They were there all night and we were there all night. Um, and they, they were doing their thing and it was German. So I, you know, I don't know what they were talking about, but it seemed like it was maybe like their regular get together during the week of, of these guys are all just, you know, sitting down and hanging out. And I mean, it was probably 10 o'clock before we left and nobody changed on any of those tables. Right. And, and we got through that awkward piece, Liz and I of like, okay, we got our food. We like, okay, I'll go get another beer. Sure. And what are we going to do? And and we did, we had yeah. conversations and yeah. just looking around and talking about like, how could you recreate this mm-hmm. in the States? Like the setting is obviously great and there's these big shaded trees and all that, but like, how can you recreate that experience and what things would need to be different Yeah, that we would basically allow ourselves to have that experience mm-hmm. of I'm just going to go hang out with a couple of buddies or my wife or whatever it is. And we're just going to chill. Like you said, it's almost the expectation there, Mike. Um, you know, we started to think it's, it's such a big question of, of what things would need to be different. Like the wait staff, they, they don't rush you because they're not working on tips. Yeah. yeah. Right there. That's a huge change oh, yeah. to the way that we do American eating. Right. And, and you just start to think about those things of like, how can we actually make this relaxing experience a part of the way that we do things? Yeah. So what other blanket in the park moments have you guys had recently now that this is something that you're a little more accustomed to or actively seek out? So, you know, this, this one's, I'm not sure if it's a blanket in the park moment, but it is one of those ones where I think about um, recreating it at home. And that is, I, I went to a friend's house and I, I, I'm not sure which meal it was exactly. I don't know if it was Passover or Seder, but we went to a friend's house for dinner. And it was very much one of those situations where it was a little bit more formal, but almost less formal. Like I think we were, some of the kids were laying on, like sitting on the floor and, you know, we were talking around and, you know, they were passing and pouring the wine and the food was like all laid out on the table. So it was one of those like where you, you know, pick the bowls up and pass it to everybody. And it was, it was one of the first times where I, I walked out of that, uh, out of that dinner and told, you know, like this was an experience that like I enjoyed like sharing time with friends. Um, and even though some of it got into like, um, you know, spiritual topics, which I was all about. It wasn't a situation where I was just going out and drinking beer and hanging out with friends. It was an experience that I, I really enjoyed. And I, and I was so thankful that my sons were able to partake and, and, and participate and be in this kind of thing. So when I think about that blanket on the park uh, moment, I think about situations like that and how to create um, dinners with friends, but also with purpose, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. For me, I, I think, um, 
kind of along the same lines. I really enjoy now that we've been able to do this much um, in the last several months with with uh, everything being locked down and whatnot. But I really enjoy cooking for people. Yeah. Um, even if it's just my wife, yeah. you know, um, to to prepare a meal for her for a birthday or anniversary or whatever. But you know, I invite people over and actually like really cook a meal, do something from scratch. Yeah. Um, put the time in to make something that that we enjoy eating, that other people would enjoy eating, and then just to be able to have people over and to have that shared experience yeah. a, around the meal. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I think that's a missed opportunity for us a lot of times. Is you know, like you said, John, it, meal time is about consuming mm-hmm. the calories so that we can go and do the next thing, instead of the idea of let's like let's bring a bunch of people around the table. And just enjoy being with each other for the evening. Yeah, I've realized one of the the shifts that I've had to make, and Brooke and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, she grew up in a house that really savors food. Oh yeah, and I mean, it's it feels like every every meal that her family cooks has a story behind it. Whether it was you know this was Mumum's you know, whatever, or this was Grandma's whatever, or we're eating it off of whichever dish, like. There's a story, I feel like, even with the grilled cheese, there's a story. Like, just everything has a story. And so everything gets consumed, it feels like, with far more attention to detail, to flavor, to all of that. And that's just not my relationship with food. Yeah. You know, I, I eat to consume. I eat to, you know, stay energized. I eat for fuel, for whatever mm-hmm. comes after the meal. And, you know, she and I have been together now for a decade. And... I am still learning. I mean, it, if you've seen Ratatouille, mm-hmm. like she's Ratatouille <laughs> and I'm the brother Remy. Yeah. <laughs> and I keep getting like, you know, don't just hork it down. Yeah. And I keep forgetting yeah. that there is all this joy to be had just from savoring and yeah. slowing down the pace and letting the meal be an experience mm-hmm. rather than the catalyst for whatever's coming after. Yeah. And then to do that in the company of others, whether it's cooking for them or cooking with them, or you know, even if it's just ordering or takeout or whatever, but having like your your tamale night, yeah. Mike, that, yeah. that we did, like that, letting the food be an intentional part of the experience, mm-hmm. yeah, and then setting so many things around it that you want to go slower, yeah. You want to consume slower if, like me, consumption is usually your focus. Mm-hmm. And you know, begin to make time for all of those other things that can take place when it's not just, all right, did that, what's the next thing? Yeah. And it's 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 such a oh the way you put that is just I, I totally one hundred percent feel the same way. I mean, like I remember going to a tapas restaurant one time mm-hmm. and people started sharing like their plates around and I'm like, no, like I ordered this. Like, <laughs> what do you mean you're going to take a bite of my food? Like, right. it, but you know, it was the experience of try like a little of everything. Right. And yeah. I, I, it really kind of changed my mind on, on the way I do a meal, especially with friends. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it going out to these places and, and you know, I, do you guys remember, oh, I can't remember the TV show, maybe modern family or something like that, where like they had the title scene at the very beginning where like, it's just like two year old tables with a bunch of like unmatched chairs out in the backyard and all the families are coming, multi-generational family mm-hmm. are coming to the table to have dinner together. And I, and I think about that as in the position that I'm at when I, you know, 
to steal one of the uh, the terms I, I read in one of the articles recently, but the forged family, right? To kind of have that with, with all of our friends now, to have those moments of opportunities to share a meal together, to share an experience with our with our friends and just kind of um, have that blanket in the park moment with, with the people I love the most. And that's mm-hmm. that's my, my forged family, right? When I think it, you know, as soon as you make that shift, then it's not just the food. It's, it's food as a way of sharing love with these people. Oh yeah. You know, um, we went to Italy and and we did this cooking class and so we made fresh pasta and and I came back and I was like all about fresh pasta. Right. And so (laughs) we did, we did the totally American thing and, you know, we bought the, the little pasta press thing and, um, roll out the, you know, your fresh dough and, Mm -hmm. and it's work. Right. And it's, it, it takes a while to do that. But it, but if you're going to do that and, and uh, prepare a meal that way, like like you guys setting up the tamales, yeah. you know that's a labor of love, and then yeah. you're you're giving of yourself mm. that experience to to create that for other people instead of uh, you know having that more consumer mindset of, around the meal. Yeah, yeah. And when the food takes that long to prepare, too, I mean, you can't help but savor it more. Right. Because you know how long it took. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, when you don't do that, it just, it makes the consumption part so much easier, right? Yeah. You, just, you hork it down. But, um, you know, again, there's a couple of dishes that Brooks family does that, I mean, it takes all day yeah. Yeah. or sometimes multiple days of prep. And, you know, I came in as the, you know, the in-law mm. and just sat down at my spot at the table and, you know, ate and I'm like, oh, that's good. And, and I totally missed the yeah, backstory. Yeah. And then over the years, as I've been invited into the story, like into the preparation of, um, you know, her dad is famous for black raspberry pies and it's, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. But if you actually go out and pick berries with her dad yeah, in the heat in early July mm-hmm. for hours, <laughs> because they're half the size, if you're not familiar <laughs> with black raspberries, you know, they're half the size of a red raspberry. And so to have enough to make a pie or two, I mean, you're talking hours oh, yeah. of picking. And so you come back and then you make the pie and then you sit down with that slice. Suddenly I'm not horking it down. Yeah. Cause, cause I was there for the, the long haul and you know, Tom, going back to that point you made about the beer garden, like what else would have to be different mm. for this to happen? And one of those things that I found out for me was the more I'm invested in the process, mm-hmm. the more things change. Yeah. Um, and so then the more that I allow my schedule to be intentionally focused on these moments, right? Because, you know, what else has to change to sit in a beer garden all night? Well, one of the things that has to change is you don't have anything going on that night. Yep. 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 And that was yeah. one of the things we landed on is like, we're always going for the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so we're going to the movie after dinner at the restaurant or, you know, this is our one date night out uh, a month. And so we've got to like do this, 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 and this instead of just, this is the plan. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and maybe we do need to schedule it, but this is the plan. We're going to sit here for four hours and just enjoy the time. Yeah. So for the guy listening right now, that's, that's uh, looking to, to start implementing the blanket in the park first step is is really prioritizing right and being being yeah. part of the process and and really taking a, a, a step back and saying all right how do i create the time to 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 experience this right mm-hmm. um you know one one cheesy thing that you know we started doing was picnics in the backyard like it 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 was an opportunity for me to just make dinner and we 
carried it all out and paper plates and uh, laid a blanket out in the backyard, and the boys loved it so much so that they were asking to eat outside all the time. Like we've had we had Chick Fil A the other day out on the on the front on the front uh, uh, porch um, because they wanted to have that picnic style meal, uh, the blanket on the in the park, and I, I I'm. As I'm having these moments and I'm looking at that, I'm thinking to myself, like, my sons are going to remember this, right? Yep. They're going to remember these moments. They're going to remember these these times. And it's important to instill that. So I think I think for the guy, the first step, uh, if you're listening right now, is, is is prioritize that, right? Become become part of a process. And I think you really have to kind of like it, – it's not one of those things where you can just do it – I mean, maybe you can do it tomorrow. But you really have to kind of set up a plan, right, and, and kind of push out saying, hey, you know, this is – I want to be intentional about this. I want to have this moment because we know it's important, right? We, we, we've, we've kind of outlined that how much it's changed all of us and our perspective and, and, and how we've kind of approached it. But I think that's the first step, right, is to put that pin on the calendar and mm-hmm. say, hey, we're going to do this. Yeah. And embrace the inefficiency. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, and just if those are the kinds of things that – just I don't, make you cringe that that's going to take conscious effort to not just suffer through it, but to engage in it. Mm-hmm. So if it's the two hour lunch, yeah, there's just, there's going to have to be some mental discipline of I, I'm going to be present and I'm not going to be thinking about all the other yeah. things. If it's, you know, a blanket picnic in the backyard instead mm-hmm. of, but there's a table. Yeah, right. in the dining room, <laughs> like what's up with all the like? Yeah, yeah. Embrace the inefficiency because it, yeah. it it's going to make for a better story after the fact, but it's also going to make for a better moment in the midst. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I also think too, there's a shift uh, in the way that we think about these things, where we need to become more about uh, the experience and yeah. less about the transaction. Yeah. You know, you were talking about. Brooks family and, and these recipes that take a long time to cook, right? Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, we, we talk about our culture being the microwave culture versus the slow cooker culture. And, yeah. and I'm sitting here thinking like, actually the slow cooker, it's pretty much just as bad, right? Because yep. I throw a bunch of stuff in it and eight hours from now it's done. Totally yeah. hands off. You know? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, you know, remembering back to uh, my mom minding a, a pot of sauce on the stove all day long. Yeah. I, I, I haven't done that, you know, even making fresh pasta, I haven't like yeah. taken the time to do that. Yeah. Or, um, you know, we have a, a, a recipe for pulled pork in the crock pot. It's, it's pretty good. It's yeah. a, it's a good recipe, but it's totally different when you stand there with a, with a pork butt on a smoker oh, yeah. and, and yeah. you're watching that all day, yeah. you know, and, um, so we have to get beyond that transactional piece yeah. and allow the experience for the preparation and then the time and the conversations and all yeah. that to be what it's about mm-hmm. um, instead of just looking for how we can yeah. gain and then move on. And this can be learned too, mm-hmm. thankfully, which is what I've had to discover for myself because I feel like, and my dad was in town not too long ago and I was asking him this as he and I and Brooke were sitting around a table eating one of her family legacy meals. And I was like, dad, do we have any family recipes like this that I'm just not aware of? He's like, I don't know. You'd have to ask your aunt, you know, his sister. (laughs) And like, that was, that just like solidified for me. The, this was not my experience growing up, Yeah, but I've learned. I've been invited into this by others. And it's now something that I'm able to seek out sometimes even of, 
recognizing somebody else has this thing, right? Like, you know, Mike, you got me my first smoker, right? And then you got me like the first smoker recipe. And so it was sort of this invitation to try it a different way. Try something that's going to take a little bit more attention. It's going to be less efficient, right? You know, taking an hour to cook a chicken (laughs) instead of 12 minutes on my grill. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right. But it's it's an invitation into an experience. Mm -hmm. And my God, it was delicious. (laughs) Oh, man. And and I feel like those are the things that you start to discover as you embrace that inefficiency, as you make the plan for Mm -hmm. it. And as you allow yourself to enter into, you know, sort of the narrative and the context is it is delicious. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're spending, you know, this valuable commodity of time Mm -hmm. makes it more so. Yeah. In addition to that, it's also fun, as you guys have both mentioned, to to bring others into it as well. Right. So we we talk about that slow cooked meal with friends or you talk about the process of cooking a home cooked meal and then presenting that one of my favorite things to do is cook with friends, right? Mm -hmm. Have them come over and let's make the pasta together. Like, yeah, uh, it was, it wasn't so successful the first time I tried doing a a tamale party where we actually made the tamales (laughs) together because that took quite a bit of time, but it's fun to, to bring people into the process, right? So, you know, invest the time and then, and then bring others along for the ride because you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. And, And I would never have thought this was something that was worth it until I saw people in France, like, at the park, throwing the frisbee around and just hanging out and I'm yeah. and enjoying life, you know, and, and and that's another thing. I never saw one person pick up a cell phone. Mm. Never I mean, there was no pictures of their phone or their food. There was no like <laughs> texting what? on their on their on their on their phone while other people were talking. They were all just talking and, and enjoying the meal and, and I think that's important to bring to bring friends along and in, in, in that as well on that on, mm-hmm. on get a bigger blanket. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about the community piece too. Uh, last season with Sabbath, we talked about that yeah. about how it's how it was easier when we knew our community was on the same page. Yeah, for sure, for to sure. do that. Um, and, and so I feel like this kind of falls in in that same category, right? Yeah. Of um, we were all at a, a birthday party for a friend, uh, you know, a couple of weeks back, and um, the plan was to go out to a brewery, and that got scrubbed because they didn't want to have so many people together, right? And so went back to the house, and, and we did a beer tasting right Just, yeah and that was like all our community was like yes we're in we're gonna yeah. shift plans at the last minute yeah we're still gonna have you know a, a great experience together we're gonna we're gonna do this we're, we're gonna um you know taste some some different beers and 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 poke fun at them or whatever with yeah. each other and yeah. Yeah. um you know and, and just enjoy that experience together and we're all on the same page that this is something that is is worth spending the time doing. Thirty. He can wrap us up. He's busy building a table over there or something. I didn't want to check my phone. It seemed rude. (laughs) (laughs) 
Don't forget to mention Tom's blog on a blanket in the park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be good. That would be good. Mike is definitely the one that we're writing off. <laughs> uh, and B-roll. So one of the things I've appreciated about the way this season seems to be shaping up is I mean, we're just, we're having fun telling stories of things that we've learned about just these little pieces of life that have made life so much richer. And so our hope is that as we continue to have these conversations, you know, whether it's a Monday topic or a Saturday topic or whichever day of the week it happens to be, that that there's something there that, you know, that we've been mining for the gold and that there's there's something of value here as we discover it for ourselves, I mean, honestly, just as I've been sitting here reflecting on the conversation we're having, I'm realizing I still focus way too much on efficiency. I thought I'd made all this progress over the years, <laughs> but I'm sitting here listening to myself talk about eating and it's like, man, I still really need to be intentional about slowing down because I didn't realize how much my default was still do the do the next thing so you can do the thing after that. And... I now look forward to the hour lunch or the three hours in the beer garden, but there's definitely still that push to, but what else could I be doing? Uh, So hopefully as you guys are tracking with us, uh, you're having those same kinds of moments. And so we would encourage you, you know, with this topic in particular, but with all of these, you know, go put out a blanket, go put out a spread in the backyard, have these conversations with your crew, with your community, with your guys, with your people, with whoever it is that you have. And, start making these discoveries, not only of, you know, the, the delight that is available when we begin to practice these things, but also the things in us that can be rectified, that can be transformed, that can be built up or made stronger as we start to make these kinds of improvements. So thank you guys for staying with us. I hope you enjoyed this. Let us know, I don't know, what you thought, what this brought up, share some of your blanket in the park stories. And we'll see you guys next time on the Strong Towers podcast. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com, and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers, to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strongtowers for your chance to score some Strong Towers swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you back here real soon.